You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast, and I hope that you'll hit that little thumbs up button down at the bottom of the screen and tell somebody about this podcast. Help me spread the word, get it out there. And if you haven't already, sign up for the free email devotional that comes every single day, and you can go to myfaithroots.com, and uh, that's how we'll get that to you. All right, Proverbs 20, 27, Jerusalem Bible. We're going to take our text. We're talking about guidance and how the Holy Spirit leads And the Scripture calls our spirits by the Holy Spirit the lamp of the Lord. Man's spirit is the lamp of Yahweh. That's the Lord. Searching his deepest self. In other words, the deepest part of your being is your spirit. That's what God wants to use to lead you. You have to develop a sensitivity to your own spirit so that you can become sensitive to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't dwell in your head. He dwells in your spirit. That's why if you're going to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit, you've got to be sensitive to spiritual things in general, and your own spirit is where that starts. Now, the Holy Spirit guides us primarily through the inward witness, and we've talked about that at length over the last uh, few days. A witness is not a feeling, it is deeper than a feeling. Feelings are immediately changed based upon circumstances. A witness is not a feeling. You can have a very strong witness about something when you you don't have good circumstances, or or you could have a, a, a warning about something when everything else seems to be going great. And so uh, it is not a feeling. It is a sense. It is a deep and abiding sense. It is a knowing. How do you know? I don't know. I can't tell you how I know. I just know. That's what the inward witness is. We have an inward witness of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes when God communicates these things to you, they happen in such speed and such haste that there is no way that you can explain in five minutes what God drops in your spirit in just a a microsecond. That's the inward witness because it's another realm altogether. And in that realm, knowledge is transferred. Wisdom is transferred very quickly. So there have been times I've seen things that took me forever to explain, but it didn't take me forever to receive them. I just had difficulty putting it all into my own words. All right. The Holy Spirit can guide us through an inward voice. Now, in the Old Testament, the audible voice was the most common leading. There were visions and there were dreams, but even in the visions and even in the dreams, there was a voice, and most of the time that voice seems to have been audible, that they were able to hear it with their own physical ears. Acts chapter 13, verse 14, the Scripture says, And the Lord said unto Abram, and we see that God's presence was communicated through his voice. This is fascinating to me. Listen to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 8. This is talking about Adam and Eve. They heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. 
the idea here is it's not important what God looked like. It, it's you, you know, and 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 that's that's really what we know about Jesus. There's so many different ideas of what Jesus looked like and what people think he looked like. I have my own favorite image of what I think Jesus would look like, but you know, I may be wrong. I I have nothing to base that on other than some of the general drawings, paintings that no doubt were were taken from descriptions and so forth that survived over the centuries, but we still don't know exactly. But I'll tell you what we do have. We have His words, and His words are more important to us than what He looked like, how He sounded. The words of Jesus are how we are guided and that's why it's so very important for us to focus on the word, the the oral aspects of what God says and how He communicates. God's presence then was communicated through His voice. So they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. So the presence of God and the voice of God are tied together. And so the presence of the Lord and the voice of the Lord uh, work together. Uh, Ezekiel 1.3, the word of the Lord came expressly to Ezekiel the priest. Ezekiel 31, and the word of the Lord came unto me saying. So a great many of Ezekiel's visions came through an audible voice. And uh, I, I know that there were visions that he had. Isaiah had visions. But at the same time, all of these prophets had more... Uh, verbal things, audible voice things happened to them than they did full-blown visions. Visions did happen. Angels did appear. They did have a number of those encounters, but they did hear the audible voice. Now, this is what you need to see about the amazing things that happened with those prophets. It was very dramatic, and it was very, very authoritative. Those voice visions and things were infallible. There was no doubt that God spoke. That, 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 listen, they were much more authoritative than what we have today, and I'll tell you why. Because we are judged and examined by their words. Uh, you know, the Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he lays down guidelines for how we handle gifts of the Holy Spirit in, in a public setting. And he says, if any man says that he's a prophet or that he's spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things I say to you are true. In other words, he is subject to what Paul wrote. What Paul wrote was more authoritative than anyone's following leadings. That's what he's saying. And that was the foundation of our faith. Our foundation was laid by apostles and prophets who had a much stronger experience with God than any one of us would be capable of having today. I'm not saying we don't have amazing experiences with God today, but I'm saying that all of our experiences are judged by the words that they gave us, therefore they had a higher authority on them. Okay, uh, let's read about this. God promised to pour out His Spirit on all believers, and that was radical. It's a radical idea because uh, in the Old Testament... All believers did not receive the Holy Spirit. When uh, these 120 people were filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost in, 
and the Bible says Peter stood up to preach, and he said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and Joel did preach about this and prophesy this in in Joel 2. And here's what he said, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. Now that was unthinkable back in the days of Joel, because only a certain few had the spirit and only the prophets could have the spirit. The priest had an anointing, but not quite like the anointing of the prophet. And the king had an anointing, but not like the prophet's anointing and not like the priest's anointing. So uh, when, when uh, Joel comes along and says, everybody, they have, everybody, sons, daughters, they're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's radical. We have come to expect that all of God's children can be filled with the Holy Spirit. But you see, that was not the case when Peter first preached these words. It was a new idea. And they had to get used to it, this idea that the average person could be filled with the Holy Spirit. is radical. And so we, we see how God began to bring people on this journey of how to be led by the Holy Spirit. And so we're not seeing all of these spectacular visions and dreams and so forth. We're getting more of an inward leading. You know, Jesus talked about it in John 10. He said, my sheep know his voice. They know his voice. They know his voice. It doesn't say they understand their visions or they have these amazing dreams. He's, it talks about they know the voice of God. So God is moving from this outward spectacular form of guidance more to an inward communication system, which is safer. And so God wants to speak down deep in us. And so that's what he's moving us to. Now, let's look at the book of Acts chapter 8, and we're going to look at some spectacular guidance here that came to a, a disciple. Actually, he's not even an apostle uh, he later became an evangelist. His name is Philip. He's not Philip the Apostle. He is Philip an evangelist. He was one of the deacons that was chosen to help the apostles in the New Testament church. And he went to Samaria out of circumstance. The persecution was so great in Jerusalem that the followers of Christ left Jerusalem and some of them went into Samaria. And that's where Philip went. And when he got there, he began to preach. And he had this amazing revival break out. And, and hundreds and hundreds of people came to Christ and they were healed and amazing things happened. And in the middle of all of this, in Acts chapter 8 and verse 26, the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, Arise, go toward the south unto the way that goes down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went. Now, this is a spectacular form of guidance. I want you to see why this had to happen. Philip has been used of God leading a revival. The next step in the revival is for the Samaritan believers to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Philip didn't seem to have that kind of confidence, so they brought Peter and John in, who did have that kind of confidence and that kind of anointing to get people filled with the Holy Spirit. And so they went to Samaria and began that part of the revival. 
Now Philip is no longer needed. He has another mission. And in order to get him out of Samaria, God has to do something very spectacular. He has to guide him with this angel. And so Philip leaves and he goes exactly where the Lord tells him to go, and he goes into a desert place. So now he's leaving this populated area where he's having an amazing impact, and he goes into a desert area, and it seems like it's a step backward. And so he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasure, had come to Jerusalem for to worship. He was returning and sitting in his chariot, reading Isaiah the prophet. And so when Philip goes down, sees this guy, and can tell a little bit about who he is, first of all, he knows he's not uh, he knows he's not an, an, a regular Israeli because he is from Ethiopia. So he's he looks racially like a person from Africa. He is from Ethiopia. Very good chance he's Jewish or at least a Jewish proselyte because uh, there were a number of Jewish proselytes in, in Ethiopia during that time and a number of people worshipped the God of Israel. And we've heard uh, of, of all of the falashes, the, the, the Ethiopian Jews have come out of that area. Uh, since that time. Uh, so this man was reading the scroll of Isaiah out loud. That's the custom of that day when people read the scriptures. They usually read them out loud. Philip hears him and he's reading Isaiah 53 and the Spirit says to Philip, go near and join thyself to this chariot. Now stop at that for just a minute. This is huge. This is very characteristic of the inward voice. And I don't believe this was an audible voice. I think this was an inward voice. And because Philip was born again, he's got the Holy Spirit, and he's very capable of hearing God inwardly now. There's not a whole lot of detail. We're not talking about paragraph after paragraph after paragraph of instruction. The angel gave him more detailed instruction than that. When the inward voice is manifested, it seems to me that it is not an extensive bit of guidance. It's a sentence or two, not a lot. I'm not saying it can never be anything but that, but that seems to be the way that God uses the inward voice. Uh, When Peter has a vision about the, the, the animals being let down in the sheet. And, you know, it's symbolic of the Gentiles are about to receive the gospel. And Cornelius has been told to send men to the house where Peter is. And, and, and Peter's heart has to be prepared that it's okay to preach to Gentiles. And he has a vision, but then the Spirit speaks to him. Listen to this. This is Acts chapter 10. While Peter thought on his vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men seek you. Arise therefore and get thee down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. That's not a lot of instruction, is it? That's typically how the inward voice works. It's not a lot of detail, but it's enough to get you to where you need to be. And that's very typical of the inward voice. So let me tell you what we're doing here. We're seeing a graduation. We're starting with the inward witness where there's not a whole lot of in, in, there's not a whole lot of information. We just know I'm not supposed to do this or I am supposed to do this. I don't know why. I'm going to walk by faith. I, I just 
this is what I'm supposed to do. Then we get to the inward voice, and we seem to get a little bit more information with an inward voice. There's another form we'll get to later where you get a whole lot more information, and there, there's just a whole lot more to it, and we'll explain that later. But the inward voice is not something that you try to hear or manufacture or wait and listen for. If you do, you'll be deceived. I don't have time to go into all that today, but we will get into it more in the time to come. Thanks so much for joining me, and I'll catch you tomorrow. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people, so take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.